How to challenge authority. We have a story at the bottom of Yudalad, the beginning of Yudalad and Rebbeis. Unfortunately, we don't all um, know Tanakh very well, which we, sh- which we should. Um, but if when you learn Gemara, particularly when you're going through the Dafayomi, you're covering a lot of ground. If when a Pasuk from Tanakh is quoted, you open the Tanakh and you, and you read it in context, you get to know a lot of Tanakh and you get to know it through the eyes of Chazal which is the best and the most important way to get to know it. Uh, so I, when I, I've got on my table all the time, I've got a full Tanakh with the Mitsudas and Rashi, and, and when, when a posse comes, I look up and learn the piece of Tanakh, and that way you get to know Tanakh much better. And to understand, to appreciate this piece of Gomorrah, one needs to know Perich Chafhei of Shmuel Aleph. Um, uh, we don't have time. I wish we could read it through because it's just such a magnificent, beautiful, uh, beautiful parak. But the the story is David Amelech has been anointed by Shmuel, but not everybody knows, and certainly not everybody accepts it. He's still uh, Shaul is still the king de facto, or de jure, de facto. Although de jure, it's, it's uh, technically, halachically, David is the king. So it's a very difficult time in the kingdom. David is on the run. Shmuel has put out a warrant for his arrest. Shaul has put a warrant out for his arrest. Uh, Shmuel passes away, and now David has gathered a band of people around him but he has, that, that are his kind of personal army, but he needs to feed them. And he sends a message to a relative of his. His name was Naval, um, and he's been very good to Naval's uh, shepherds and, and employees, and he asks Naval to reciprocate by sending him some food for his army, for his men. Naval says, who is this upstart? And everybody now is claiming to be king. Uh, why should I send food, take it out of the mouths of my family and my, and my people and send it to this, uh, to, to this strange person? Um, and he refuses. David says to his men, get your swords ready. We're going out to get Naval and his whole crew there. We're going to destroy this man completely. Na- Naval has an, a, a wife who's a, who's a tzadikis, and her name is Avigail. Avigail hears what's happened. The, the people come to Avigail. Naval's people come and they say, our master has been terrible. We've, David has protected us and, and has asked for a bit of help. And, and Naval has responded in this way. It's terrible. And now we're all at risk. Avigail takes the matter into her own hands. And she gets a donkey. She brings a, an enormous picnic of good food for, his, for David's army. He takes, she takes from the home. And she sets off to go and meet David. Um, and on Posachof, she was riding on the donkey, and she went down in the, into the secret parts of the mountain. And wow, behold, she bumps into David himself, who's on the way. But if Goshotam and they collide, they meet. I'm so angry with this man who's, done, who's reciprocated bad for good. And I'm going to wipe him out in every mail. And Kaftalad Vatipola Raglav, she falls to her feet to his feet, Vatome Biaduni Havon. It's my household, you're talking about my husband. Let me talk in your ears, and listen to me. And he basically says, Don't become known as a murderer. It's not necessary. He's not worth it. You're going to be successful, you're going to be recognized as king, and he will not be a factor in your life. Don't risk your reputation to wipe out somebody who you don't need to really worry about. Um, and, she, and she goes with a beautiful speech she gives. And again, very worthwhile reading. 
And I know there are people in the, who listen to the shoe who spend a lot more time on the shoe, which is why I've printed it out so that you can go through the whole, the whole parak. And then David finally says, "Vayomer David Lavigal, Baruch Hashem Elokei Yisrael, Asher Shalachich Hayom Azelikrati. Baruch Hashem, a miracle that Hashem sent you to meet me. Uvaruch Tamech, and your reasoning is so good. Uvruchat, and you should be blessed. Asher Kilitani Hayom Azemi Bob Damim Vosha Yadili. You've saved me from murdering somebody today, and and I'm grateful to you." And th- thanks to Hashem who saved me from doing this evil thing, um, and so on. She, he takes the food which she's given her, um, she's which she's given him. Avigal comes home <coughs> to Naval, and he's busy partying. He's pretty drunk. She doesn't say a word to him about what's happening. The next morning, she tells him the story. He has a heart attack, and soon he dies. Later on, David sends a message and invites her to come over, and he proposes to her and marries her. That's the story of, uh, in brief, of David and, and Avigail and, and Naval. Let's look at the Gemara at the bottom of, of Yudalid uh, the, the Gemara during the, in the middle of the Omer says Sheva Neviot Maninu. Who are the seven Neviot? Because the Gemara said we had forty-eight prophets and seven prophetesses, which means, by the way that some 14, 13% of our Nevi'im were women, which is a better ratio than you'll find in most leadership boards today. Uh, any Supreme Court, or, or may, maybe with the exception of Israel, I'm not sure, but, but a ratio of 14% of women in, in high office uh, at that time, it gives you an idea of the, of the trust that, that we have in, 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 our, in our women and the positions they were able to rise to. Who were the seven? Sarah, Miriam, Dvoir, Hannah, Avigail, Chulda, and Esther. This Avigail. Then the Gemara goes on to say, Avigail. What was the case of Avigail? She went down in the secret parts of the mountain. What does that mean? Let's just say she went down the, the mountain. What's the secret part of the mountain? She came to ask David Amelech a shayla. She had a nido shayla, and she brought a sample of her menstrual blood to ask him to paskin whether she's in the state of nido or she isn't. And we know David Amelech was an expert in that area and used to take shaylas. He used to manage shaylas. Uh, that was one of the ways he kept in touch with his people because they used to bring him shaylas and halacha. And she brought him a shayla. He says to her, I'm surprised that you have a Yael, you're a learned woman. Since when do you bring a, a sample of blood to a Talmud Chochem to have a look at at night time? You've got to see it in good light because the, the subtlety of the colors are very, it's very subtle. It's difficult to be able to tell the differences between the colors. You need good light for it. And she says to him, And do you, do you judge capital cases at night, which you're about to do? Amarla, he says to her, Mored b'malchutu, v'lotzarich n'medayna. He's a Mored b'malchus, and the, and the procedures for a Mored b'malchus are different. You don't have to judge a Mored b'malchus. You don't have to wait till the morning to give the, the judgment. A Mored b'malchus, if somebody um, rebels against the king, the king can act much more quickly, and he doesn't have to wait overnight. Amralo adayin, Shaul kayam, v'lo yatsati v'chabolam. She said to him, you know, but you can't call him a Mored b'malchus. You can't call him rebelling the king because the, the state hasn't accepted you yet. So although technically you're, you're king, not everybody knows about it. Not everybody's accepted it. 
Then he says, as we read, your reasoning is good and you're blessed that you've saved me today from being... It seems you've stopped me from spilling blood twice. A strange Gemara, we'll see in a moment what it means. It shows that she revealed her thigh. And, and even though she was far away when, it, when she did so, it generated so much light and energy that David HaMelech could see in the dark for three parsaot, that's 12 kilometers. Amala Hishmi'ili, he said to her, uh, we got together and he said, let's, let's spend the night together. Don't let this bring you down, it's not worth it. Implying there's another one as well. What is that, Maaseh the Batsheva? The Maaseh the Batsheva, which hasn't yet happened, so you see she's in the VR. She knows that Batsheva is going to happen. Here we see from Chaluda. What we have to look at is... Um, the Tosfus, Tosfus asks, Kasheh, heich, otzat tzadik is gilta shokal if David. How can it be? What, she would have lifted up her skirt for David Amenach? What are we talking about? Some cheap person. Look who she is. Look what a great woman she is. It's not possible. That cannot be the meaning. And um, so, so, era, what, what does it mean? Vod kasheh. And it seems a bit of an exaggeration to say he could walk for 12 kilometers by the light of her thigh. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Not l'ura, but l'ura. That means that he could see because of her light. Perush nit avela David. David fell so in love with her and had such passion that halach be'or chamimut ta'ava shalosh parasaot that he was able to he, he was so driven by passion that he could run 12 kilometers uh, to, to meet her. It was just, he was just completely taken by her. But that was the, the, the energy there. You see the realness of Chazal and looking at people and a real human being and a real man uh, as, as to what his feelings are. We don't pretend they don't exist. That's the passion of David Amalek. He sees such tzitkus, such greatness in this woman. And the Marshaw adds and says, Tosfus asks, how would she have revealed her, her thigh to David? And it looks like an exaggeration. Says the Marshaw, as he has the, the guts to, to speak this way, the Marshaw, 16th century, important parish, mostly on Tosfus and on the Agadita. As I've mentioned before, the Chazanish said, you've got to learn Gemarsho as part of your Tosfus learning. Nowadays, we're so lazy, we don't even learn Tosfus. The, the Chazanish says, Gemara Rashi, Tosfus Marsho, because you've got to check that you've understood the, the Tosfus like the Marsho did. The Marsho is the straightest, most accurate understanding of Tosfus. And if you don't understand the Marsho, you didn't learn the Tosfus correctly. So the Masho, although a difficult Limud, is a very important Limud. Anyway, this is the Masho who says, I don't know where Tosfus learned from. Who revealed to Tosfus that when she revealed her thigh, she was close by to David? Doesn't imply. She was 12 kilometers away from him. They didn't know that, they, that each other were on the way. There she happened to, to lift her skirt. She didn't know that, that she was emanating such energy from her body 
that could be seen 12 kilometers away. And it lit up the, the sky, 12 kilometers away. Until she came to him, then he realized the source of this light. He didn't know where the light was coming from. All of a sudden, the sky lights up. Now he sees, uh, he sees um, Abigail and he realizes this is the source of the life. Light. And this is no exaggeration. We've already learned this in, in Brochus. That when Rabbi Yochanan revealed his arm a little bit, there was such energy it set the place on fire. That the, the, these tzaddikim are so pure, they're pure energy. They energize their bodies to such a point that they're hardly bodies anymore. They're a force of energy. And that force of energy is so palpable. Now, we can feel the energy of other people, but not always as fire, as flame, as something hot. Sometimes you feel the heat of another person. And we know that you can measure the energy, the electricity of a person for, for quite a number of meters after them, at least two, three meters, you can actually measure a person's electric energy. We have this energy. And when these tzaddikim are so pure, they're able to ignite uh, things with this, with this fire, with this energy. So it's not strange that a woman of the character of Avigail actually lit up the sky uh, when she revealed a bit of her body and David Amalek didn't know where that was coming from. So that's the, that's the story. Uh, and, and beautiful, just a beautiful way that you see how Chazal understand this and with David Amalek. There are a few important things. I think there are three important matmonim here that affect the way we engage with people and we lead people. The first thing is, how do you challenge authority? How does, Avi, how does Avigail go about challenging David HaMelech, in a way where David HaMelech doesn't turn around and say, you're also a Moredes Bamalchus, off with your head. Are you challenging my authority? How did she take that risk? And why didn't David do that? So you see what she does. She asks a Shaila. And it was a genuine Shaila, by the way. So she comes to David. She doesn't come to David and say, how can you be after my husband? Why are you doing this? She says, excuse me, David HaMelech, can you help me with a Shaila? Nobody feels offended or threatened when you ask them for help. They might not be able to help you, they might not want to help you, but nobody feels threatened and challenged when you ask for help. So when you need to challenge somebody, if you can always frame it as, I need you to help me with something, sometimes I just need you to help me understand. You, you did something, and I'm sure you had good reason for it, but I can't figure it out. Just help me understand what was in your mind when you did this. Just help me. When you, when you use that and it's genuine and authentic, it's not threatening for people. And it's much easier to challenge people when you've been vulnerable yourself. So the first thing when you have to challenge is open your own vulnerability. David Amalek, I have a Shaila, I need your help. That's how she starts the conversation. The second thing we learn from here is don't make it about personalities. What is their whole conversation? It's halacha. They're talking about the issue, they're not talking about the people. This is not about does, does Naval deserve it or doesn't Naval deserve it and what are you doing and why are you doing it and why are you so angry at him and why did you ask him for help? This is halacha. It's procedure. Is that you have to wait till the morning or don't you have to wait till the morning? Is he a moired b'malchus? Isn't he a moired b'malchus? When you're having a challenging conversation with somebody, keep it on the procedure. Keep it on the issue not on the personality. Don't judge intentions. Don't challenge a person's intentions. Don't make a person feel irrelevant or insignificant or criticized. Keep it to the issues. Here's an, and if there isn't an issue, don't challenge them. It also clarifies very often when you say, I need to keep it to the issues. And so there actually aren't issues. It's just that I don't like him. <laughs> well, you don't like him, it's your problem. Get on with life. 
Don't challenge somebody because you don't like them. Challenge somebody only if there's an important enough issue and then keep the conversation to the issues, as Avigail did with David Amelech. And the third thing is have, have the, the greatness when somebody does challenge you and, and discusses the issue, have the greatness. David Amelech is able to say to, to a woman, a very, very great woman, but still in front of all of his men, he's able to say, thank you for saving me. You've pointed out something to me that I wasn't familiar with, that I wasn't aware with, I hadn't thought through properly. Thank you, Yeshikach, thank you for saving me. I agree with you, your, your reasoning is straight. To be able to do that in a short conversation, to be able to get from I'm out to kill this man to I want to marry his wife uh, is, is quite a journey to travel in a, very small, in a very short time. And it was her skill in challenging David HaMelech that brought this to be that enabled her to diffuse the crisis uh, and to settle his mind and to connect with him in a way that she could challenge him, to leading to a point where he's able to say, Yishakar, thank you for challenging me. You've saved me from doing a terrible thing today, and I'm indebted to you.